The following episode of the Council of the First Ones was recorded on January 19, 2014. Hello and welcome to our second anniversary of the Council of the First Ones. I'm Kelly, host of Toys and Tunes and admit for the Great Rebellion. Joining me today is my fellow colleague, Yoni. Hey Yoni, what's going on in Finland? <laughs> cold. Very, very cold. <laughs> I see it. Derby actually turned crystal, huh? Yeah, I saw Turned him, um, her into ice. Oh boy. Also joining us is Renee from Nerds on the Couch. Hey Renee, how's everything going with you? Oh, we're doing fine. We're getting ready to, uh, do our convention tours and, um, we're definitely going to be going all over America now. Oh, I know. I'm looking at my, uh, convention schedule, starting with Toy Fair, going all the way to December. I've got a convention almost every month now. So I'll be going all over too. Also, we have our friend Crespo. Did hey, yeah. he ever make it to you? Uh, Blunder? Yeah, he made it and he's unceremoniously hidden in the back of the shell. What is he torturing, uh, the laser lot? Nah, he's hanging with Galdor. But my tuba is on its way, so that means Glimmer is coming and I just can't wait to have her in hand. Uh, you know I talked to Scott. You're not gonna get your Glimmer. I'd better get my glimmer, otherwise I get angry, and I don't want to get angry. And we have a special guest joining us, boys, from Rose Google Dinner and Eman.org. We have Danielle, also on the org. She's known as Penny. Dreadful. How are you doing, Danielle? Oh, I'm just positively dreadful, Kelly. <laughs> hey, guys. How are you? It's good to uh, be on the show. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to geeking out with you guys about He-Man and She-Ra stuff. Well, it is our second anniversary, but we wanted to help you out that you're working on a fundraising campaign. You want to give us some information about what's going on? Uh, sure. I, I don't want to uh, dwell on it too much, but I, I'd like to just put the word out. My uh, my husband um, is uh, dealing with cancer, and we've been dealing with it for uh, over a year now. Um, and he's he's getting good treatment over at Dana Farber, but uh, the costs definitely mount uh, when you're when you're dealing with something at uh, this magnitude, uh, we do have you know some health coverage, but uh, a lot of the a lot of the um, peripheral costs have been really adding up. So my husband decided to start a GoFundMe campaign, which is sort of like Kickstarter, but for people that have medical um, I- uh, expenses and medical issues. So uh, if you're interested in in helping out or just finding out more about it, uh, please feel free to go to his website that he started up. It's GoFundMe.com forward slash 5WDOY8. Or you can just go to my Facebook page. Uh, you can friend me on Facebook. Just look me up, Danielle Oliveira Galerter, and uh, there's a, a link to it on my Facebook. Um, so any positive comments, prayers, good words are all up appreciated. And we'll also put up the link so our listeners can easily find out. Because the He-Man community, we're behind you, and we're going to help you out. Oh, thanks, Kelly. You know, it's it's amazing. A lot of a lot of the people in the community have just really pulled together to to really help Magoo out. Um, not only financially, which you know we don't expect that if if people can, then uh, I know we appreciate it. But it's also just the positive 
reinforcement, positive messages of goodwill and hope and people sharing their stories because so many people have dealt with this terrible illness and have had family members that have dealt with it. And we've heard from so many nice people saying, uh, giving him a lot of good, hopeful, uh, messages. So we really appreciate that more, more than anything. You know, uh, if you can send him a message and, or send me a message, you know, if you're, if you've dealt with this and you know people that have beat cancer, let us know because we always like hearing about that kind of thing. But let's get on positive note. We're less than a month away from Toy Fair, guys. Woohoo! Oh yeah. <laughs> the drought awesome. is almost over. So I guess we should just start with Mattel and see what we're hoping to see because we've seen some spoilers out there with a filmation cowl and a lookie. So what are you guys hoping to see Scott reveal for the end of 2014 for uh, Masters? I guess we'll start with you, Danielle. Okay. Um I, I am, I'm hoping that we'll see a, uh, a mini sub, and, uh, specifically I'm hoping we see a Princess of Power mini sub. Um, that's, that's the rumor that's been floating around, or the popular theory that's been floating around for a while. And, uh, in particular, I think it would be really cool to see a Princess of Power mini sub that's a mix of the vintage Princess of Power and the, some of the filmation characters as well. So you could have characters like maybe like Sweet Bee or Perfuma, but throw in like Madame Raz and, Voltac from the Horde and Trapta, you know. Now we're going to be getting mad of rest since they did show yep. Broom yep. at Stanley's Kamikaze. So I hope we do get that mini sub because there are so many characters and this way we might even get a Twiggit too. Oh, I'd love to get the Twiggits. I'd love to get the three like Sprocker, Spragan, and Spratina. Yeah. Cause they were in so many episodes, right? You know? I mean, they could do like a mini pack and have Lookie, Filmation Cowl, and those three. That'd be great. That would be perfect. Well, I think we're due another sub with a focus on Princess of Power because we talked about this before in our shows is that really Filmation, as good as it was, I really don't see too many uh, winners. I was hoping that, yeah, they'd go into Princess of Power because we need to finish this line and they need to find some way to get more of these characters out. And I think uh, Madame Ross is probably the first figure out of that, because if I was going to do the Princess of Power sub, I would make her the first figure just to sell. Yeah, definitely. I could see that happening. She'd be a good lure for people to be like, wow, this is amazing, you know, and they they jump onto that sub, for sure. Yeah. The, the bigger jerk in me would be like, oh, subscribers only. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. That would be 343. That would be 343. Shadow Weaver subscribers only. Seahawks subscribers only. Madam Rest subscribers only. It's like, hey, Bumpers are pulling the subs, are hey, pulling man. the weight on the subs, and my too bad is awesome. Those who missed out, <laughs> I feel sorry for you, son, because this is an awesome figure. <laughs> now I should have my two bads hopefully by Thursday. I got mine yesterday. He's awesome. He's yeah. amazing. I do, I do agree though. Like the the shield, I wish they had been able to do more of the the paint hits on that because it could use a little bit more of you know how his armor has a little bit of the shiny orange paint to kind of highlight the orange whereas the shield is just sort of like a flat just orange like the vintage toy it would have been cool to have a few paint hits on there but uh, overall i'm really happy with the figure he's phenomenal really cool the paint hit the paint hits issue doesn't bother me on too bad Sure, it sucks a little bit that I have to break out the paints and do it myself, but at least 
I'd, I'm painting a too bad, and it's not like I'm painting nothing because I wouldn't be having a too bad because the line ended or something, X or Y, whatever. But it's on Blade that bugs me a little bit. But I'd rather break out the paints on the sword than break out the paints on the swords and the figure. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, while it sucks, I'm trying to look at it from a bit of a more positive perspective because we're we on the home stretch and I, I don't think we have to be too negative. Yeah, sure, it sucks, but it's better to break out the paints and have nothing. So that's that's the frame of mind I'm trying to get. 2014, 2015, home stretch, baby. Let's let's kick this line out of the park and make this the best Masters line set line ever. And I'm freaking excited because Too Bad finally is almost here. I just need to wait a week and a half more. Glimmer next month, then Hydron, then Blade, Scorpion, etc., etc. 2014 is kicking butt and I can't wait to see what what Poifer will bring. I know the Madame Raz is very likely to be seen, but I just want to know who's the rumored Snake Man that's coming this year. Is it Squeeze? Is it Stung Lasher? I just want to see who it is. Well, we're gonna get both eventually. Yeah, but yeah. I wanna know, I wanna know who's the one coming this year, so that way I know, okay, so we got this guy this year, next year is that other guy. Cool. I'm hoping it's actually Tongue Lasher. For some reason, I've always liked him. I could see it as a fourth quarter figure, but with Pop, uh, sub, if they do it, yes, I could see Madame Raz bring him in. I just hope we get a nice, good mix, because, and they don't stay too true with the filmation versions. Because when they started to go too true with the filmation version, we lost details. Because Fang Man really was so good. I mean, it still had that filmation vibe, but there was those tweaks. But when we got into the regular filmation sub, they just stayed as if they walked off the cell very plain. And none of the little tweaks that the Four Horsemen are known for. Hopefully the subline is that they go from filmation to jet lag. Because there's a couple of figures I know fans would love to get. And we're probably not going to get that many new adventure guys. So it'd be nice to toss in a few. I, I know Krita is really demanded. She'd be uh, she'd be one that I think they really should try to get out there. Um, and personally, I'd, I'd like Master Severian, but I don't know. I doubt he'll be with, at least within the next two years. But Krita, I think they should find a way to get her out. Yeah, Krita definitely should. Well, they need to make Krita now that we know... Mara is guaranteed. Mm. And it'd be nice, because she would be like the replacement to Evil Lynn. Mm-hmm. And yes, we need more new adventures. Uh, sadly, my favorite new adventures cartoon character is very unlikely to make it, and it's Drizzy. And yes, I would love to have a Serbian, but Master Serbian sadly lacks this action figure appeal, which most fit characters need, because we saw how well Neptu was received, how well Plunder was received, and as much as I dislike those last two guys I mentioned, they do have some fans, and I can see why some people would like him. And I want my Master Serian, damn it. I do too. He'd be awesome. And I'm really glad you said Drissy instead, because I thought you were going to say the scientists, and then I would have had to hang up. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. no, I love Drissy too. I'd love to see her, but I doubt we'll get her. Yeah. We never know. I mean, I think the next two years, you know, it's obvious the focus is going to be on vintage uh, masters and vintage Princess of Power with the A-list 
Filmation, MYP, Mini Comic, and uh, uh, New Adventures characters. So after that, you know, it's it's if we get the 2016, it's who knows what we're going to get. It could be any of these characters that we're talking about because I think that's when they're going to go into the obscure stuff, um, like Songster and and stuff like that. You know, fun characters that we've never seen before as figures. Well, I still found it interesting that Songster was on the list. Mm. Remember, he came out with that saying that he was on the to-do list, so yeah. we still might yep. see him. Definitely. Those types of characters are, that's the stuff I think we'll see. So you never know. I mean, if the line keeps going, they could make Drissy and, and any of these other characters. I'll buy them. We'll all be buying <laughs> Well, I said it. I, you know, I'm, I'm in this line till the end. Yeah. So, you know, whatever they come up with, I might complain, but I'm still going to buy it. Man, I'd love a figure of Hung of the Harpy. See, they yeah. need to make that one. That, the Harpy one would be perfect. She's a cool independent villain. She's a monster. She look, she look really cool, I think. But it probably got the wings made for her. Yeah, they've got to make her, her feet and the like, like the legs. She has those kind of birdish bird type legs, right? And, yeah. um, but she'd be really cool. And in some way, you have an army builder right there. Oh yeah, you can do more harpies. They put in a, like a, a generic harpy head, like you could, you could totally do something like that. Like have the default Hunga one and then have, uh, have like a, an army builder one. That'd be cool. Yeah. Is that a core villain that goes to the origin story? Yeah, yeah. And it's an independent villain. She's not part of the horde, so she could go in, the, in with the independent villains. I have a shelf with just like the independent villains on it with like Plundor and Gygor, Geldor, all those, all those types of characters. Um, Count Marzo, Nephthu. <laughs> those are in my story. <laughs> <laughs> the characters I don't care about. <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> really, you don't like them? You don't, guy, guy, think Gygor is awesome. Really, Gygor looks cool, but you know, I'm I'm out of room. You know, I mean, the only ones, the only oversized ones that I have out is uh, Megator and Titus. That's that's oh it. yeah, they're great. Yeah, yeah, and I'm still I'm still working on my toy room, installing more shelves. Otherwise, everything's still in boxes. See, and I have Granamir. He holds my iPad when I'm <laughs> nice. And I make it look like he's playing with the iPad. <laughs> Granamir is hanging out with all the Monster High dolls. He's surrounded by them. <laughs> I have them on a shelf with Titus and Megator. Like I have like a two shelves where like Preternia characters, Powers of Grey Skull. So I put Granamir there because he's ancient. So I have him next to the giants. But I have a whole like my office. I just keep putting up shelves because I keep running out of room. So the entire room has been taken over by Masters of the Universe stuff. Because um, it's not a very big room. All the walls have shelves on them with the figures. Because I like to just have them all displayed. figures. Who's yeah. not have that many? Yeah. And can you imagine by the end of 2015, we got 14 and 15. Man, it's just going to be crazy. And if the line keeps going, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, who needs this dining room table anymore? We can just put shelves here. <laughs> now, my dining room has all, has filmation cells hanging up in mine. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Now, do you think, uh, Mattel will do another big playset before the end of the line? And if so, what do you think it might be, guys? Well, that one's obvious. <laughs> 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 now, this is me from waiting 30 years for a snake mountain. Oh, let's face it. You know, I mean, they're they're not going to do a Fright Zone. A Fright Zone would be like a distant third. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. there is no way anybody except Bill Gates or somebody else could afford an Eternia Classic. <laughs> Can you imagine how enormous that would be? <laughs> I have to add on to the house for that. <laughs> they need to uh, make the whole amusement park just for Eternia. Yeah. Uh, Snake Mountain would be awesome. Um, I mean, I, I it's... I, a lot of people want Snake Mountain, and I really hope that they, I mean, what a great cherry on top that would be. Like, imagine, like, the at the end of the line, that that's, like, the final big thing that they release whenever the line ends. I would love for Snake Mountain to be, like, the big cherry on top. The, the, in a combination, like, that Icon Heroes statue, it's, oh, it's God, fast. that is, oh, yeah. I can't wait to see what Icon's doing for the rest of the stuff. Mm, but yeah. we'll be getting to that shortly. Again, it hasn't come out whether Castle Grayskull was a success or not. You know, yes, they sold the minimum and all that, but they haven't said, you know, oh, it was a big success and all that. You know, when the Wind Raider came out, you know, right away they said, oh, it wasn't that great. And the uh, Battle Ram, was, they said it was okay. They're not really enthusiastic, but no real word about Castle Grayskull. So I don't know. I mean, I really, honestly, I don't see it happening. I really don't. I wish they would, but, or part of me wishes they don't, because my wallet is still hurting from this. But, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> and, and think about all the new sculpting and everything they have to do. They're making it from scratch. I mean, there's no template for a Snake Mountain, which would be really good for the four horsemen to go in and, oh, can you imagine what they would do for the interior? Oh, oh God. It would be a lot better than the vintage. That's why. I mean, the vintage has no interior. Yeah, there isn't much going on in the vintage. That net that you fall through, the trap door, that's a, that's about that's it, it, right? And, and the huge microphone, so I could be like, yeah! But, <laughs> but pretty much, not emptiness, but yeah. Snake Mountain would be awesome, but if it's not logistically feasible, uh, Skeletor's Throne would be a nice small-scale diorama to be had with this crying table, nudge-nudge, wink-wink. If Snake Mountain's not possible, at least that little piece of Snake Mountain would be really sweet to have. And who knows? Maybe we'll get a, a surprise and get something smaller like the Slime Pit or That's what Spectre's I was Cave. Spectre's Cave? Yeah, like, like Batman. <laughs> He's got the Spectre Mobile Park there, a huge statue of his hero, Sir Laser Lot, and a huge made computer where he checks out all the cracks in time and fixes them. Danielle, you have to understand something. <laughs> Okay, Crespo has a a specter fetish. You don't know how much I it's delete. Not, it's not a fetish; it's an obsession. I call it a fetish. The way you it's dress them up sometimes. Start, it started with hate, and it just turned yeah, into obsession. It's a love hate relationship. It started to hate. It went to love, then it went to obsession. <laughs> I mean, Fascinating. He's got this whole line of specter gear and the mobile. He's living in the Malibu house. (laughs) Well, also, rumor has, well, not rumor, Icon Heroes did put out press release that they are going to be showing new Masters of the Universe business, uh, business sets and that they have the Princess of Power license too. And they're going to be revealing some new things at Toy Fair. So what are you guys hoping Icon Heroes will be releasing? 
hopefully we'll be seeing the final version of Snake Mountain, which we've already commented. It's beautiful because I know Danielle and I both saw it at San Diego and PowerCon. Mm-hmm. So what are you hoping for? Well, I got one question to ask them, for you to ask them. Sure. Are these selling? Well, I know they're uh, the Castle Grayskull card holder and letter opener holder did sell. I don't know about the others, and they must be selling quite a bit on the letter openers because they keep reissuing them in the different colors. And rumor has it they're doing a Princess of Power letter opener. And I know their uh, statues seem to be selling. I know the pre-orders for the Castle Grayskull extension sold out very quickly on Fantastic Plastic. And I saw that they also sold out on um, Big Bad Toys. But I don't know about their regular statues of, like, He-Man and Faker that they had. Because I was always curious, because, you know, I was going to get in on them. Then, remember, right when they were taking those orders for them, the Castle Grayskull announcement from Mattel. And so my money went to Mattel. So I missed out on those. And, you know, they're beautiful and all that. Oh, that little price tag. I mean, they're worth it. I have Castle Grayskull right in my living room next to the Mattel one. And the detail work that Nate did on it was fabulous. I mean, yeah, yeah, Nate did an amazing job. I mean, the, Nate and Eric, I mean, it was just a, a really a group effort with those guys, and they they knocked it out of the park. I, I thought um, the teeth on the front, I think, might be my only little gripe with it. I just maybe looks a little, uh, but that wasn't their fault. I think that was the the uh, whoever sculpted it. Um, but they designed it, and um, it's it's. I think it's it's expensive for sure, but it's worth the investment. I think because it's really such a detailed version of Grayskull. You can see the back of Castle Grayskull, the top, like it's four. Um, four sides. Yeah, yeah, it's really Never cool. Never seen before. Yeah, exactly. So I really like that, and I love the the, uh, the pack that they're coming out with, because you can make it look like the Filmation one with the, you know, with the arms sort of coming out, um, that little, um, the bridge, and then you can put all the little pieces, like the gun and everything on top. Very expensive, for sure, but worth the investment. And Snake Mountain is going to be even more expensive, but it's freaking oh, cool. Oh, yes. <laughs> the only thing with the Snake Mountain, and I hope they've done it, is tone down the colors. Yeah, I agree. I on it. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I thought it was a little too bright or something. Like, the that snake is dark. So. In the, yeah, the snake is dark in the cartoon, like the, the snake that wraps around it. And also the waterfall in the cartoon, it's called Blood Falls. So the falls, I thought, should be more crimson. Um, and I think it would look better with the colors, too. Um, the way they did the falls on the Icon Hero statue, it's a little more orangey. I don't know if that's how it's going to look in the final product, but I, I would prefer if it was a bit more red and the snake was a little darker green. Uh, that's nitpicking, I guess. But Yeah, but that's yeah. us anyway. We always nitpick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have not seen a version that I liked. Because I remember people were playing with Photoshop, recoloring it, and all that. I have not liked any version I've seen. So I'm with you guys. I'm I'm hoping they they make a they get a right tone for it. But I just haven't seen anything that I like with the coloring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a feeling Icon Heroes is where we're going to get our uh, Crystal Castle too. Oh yeah, I can see that happening. I Probably. can't see Mattel doing it, but I could see them doing it. Yeah, I could definitely see it happening. Um, like the emerge of the toy and the filmation like they did with Snake Mountain. Sure, see that. I mean, I'm hoping that that's going to be the next thing that they're going to announce. 
Yes. I know I want to get that Imagine X uh, playset just for the dungeon piece. Oh, the battery cover thingy from the Imagine X Wizard Tower, if I recall correctly. Yep. That has the He-Man uh, dungeon. And I think that was just a fan. You know, he just threw it in there. Just because yeah, that was an Easter egg. Even Scott said it was an Easter egg for us. Uh, don't they have, like, a spider-like vehicle and a roton-like vehicle? You know what? If they're doing this, why don't just go all the way and do a, a human subline for the Imaginex line? One way to introduce the next generation. Yeah. Again, I'm like, why don't you? Why don't you? They got the molds. They got the toys. I'd buy them, too, if I can <laughs> afford them. <laughs> Limited budget. Them, if I can get them. If I can afford them, I'll get them. But it's, it's like, the figures are really what I spend my spending money on. Like, the Icon Hero statues, I'm picky. I only want, I really only probably am going to get uh, Skull and Snake Mountain and maybe Crystal Castle if they do it. But I can't get any of the, I don't buy any of the other stuff like the, letter openers and the and the whole uh, you know the pen holders and stuff like that yeah as cool as those are yeah i'm kind of there too i can't buy everything and i had to make a choice when that castle grayskull came out i had to decide am i going to buy that or am i going to buy the uh, mattel 300 dollars one and i bit the bullet and i bought it and i'm still paying for it but <laughs> i had to make choices <laughs> my toy budgeting has really gone up and down. I can't buy everything I want to or everything I used to. It's all really He-Man figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it gets expensive. I mean, that's an investment every year it is to sink into the line. And, uh, you know, in 20, net 2015, the cost is going to go up again. Probably not much, maybe like a dollar or two per figure, but still quite a lot of money to sink in every year. Yeah, it is. And then you get outside the sub-items as well, um, which presumably this year we're going to see more of those. Um, you know, this year, uh, 13, we had Castle Grayskull outside the sub, which was huge. And then we had Sky High with the Sky Sled. We had Weapons Pack with Cowl. You know, you get things outside the sub as well. So that also adds in, adds into it if you want, if you're a completist, which I am. Are you guys all completists or are you pick and choose? Or? Oh no, I'm a completist. Yeah. So yeah. far, I have everything. Yeah. I'm yeah. choosing. Choosing, yeah. Yeah, I'm a bit selective, but usually mm-hmm. with the figures, I try to be a complete. It's on the big stuff that I'm I'm picky and choosy on the big stuff, but on the figures, I try to get as many as I can, especially the smaller branches like New Adventures, which Classics made me a convert, 2000X, and obviously Princess of Power. Mm-hmm. But Vintage, vintage, it's automatically, yeah, I'm getting those, but... It's the le- it's the lesser branches, well, the smaller branches, I should say, that I'm more interested in. And as much as I dislike Eldor, the design, I want the old man in a hoodie because he completes <laughs> heroes. Yeah, he's gonna look awesome. I'm sure he's gonna look great. I think I think you'll be converted once you see him. I've said it before. I'm I'm one of those. I was the kid at the right demographic at the right time at the right age where he man came and I was just enthralled in that world so I never left. I hate, I didn't like the new adventures. You know, when they came out I was kind of getting out of the toys. Man, I haven't left. I haven't Yeah, and I never left. I mean, I still have all my comics from the 80s with them in it. Both the Star and the DC. Yeah, yeah. Including the one that they gave at the premiere of The Secret of the Sword. Oh, I got that too. I went with my sister. I still have those comics. <laughs> the only thing I wish 
that wasn't destroyed, I had pictures of the float up close. Oh. And those pictures got ruined. From the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? Before the Macy's Day Parade, because they, oh, wow. they bring up, they invite schools to see the balloons and the float during that final week right before the parade. So I got to see it up close. Nice. So, what I have is that I still have my uh, posters they gave out on the day of uh, the Masters of the Universe movie. And uh, I I remember that day because they were giving out toys. They were giving out, like, little uh, He-Man uh, racer ones. Oh, nice. That's cool. Okay, well, it kind of dissolved on me, but I <laughs> wish I preserved those. But no, I'm just left with toys. You still have your, you guys still have your vintage collections or? I have some of them. I actually took my original He-Man that my mother gave me on my birthday with the receipt and showed Scott what a 30 year old toy was. And he's like, holy cow. Especially when he saw the receipt because it was the first day of the sales of He-Man. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, I still, have some, but I sold the majority of my vintage collection back in late 90s or early 2000, like 99, 2000, because I was moving to California and I needed the money and I was stupid and sold my vintage collection, which is like my one regret in life that I sold my vintage collection because in the mid 90s, I had gotten the rest of the stuff that I didn't get as a kid because I had stopped buying them at some point and I was spending money on other stuff. So I, I only got a couple of the later wave figures. Um, I had like Rio Blast and the Sorceress, but I s- picked up everything in the 90s that I was missing. Like I had a box Eternia. I got all the figures, all the vehicles. I was still missing Titus and Megator because even back then those were expensive. So I didn't get those, but everything was pretty cheap back then. Like carded figures, mint condition, 15 bucks a pop. Like I got like Clamp Champ and Blast Attack and stuff for 15 bucks each carded in the mid 90s and I had gotten everything and then I, I, a few years later I was like I need the money I'm moving to California uh, uh, you know I sold everything and now I'm regretting it but I'm gradually recollecting piece by piece like my husband Magoo will get me like a piece here and there for, for like for my birthday he got me uh, Battle Armor Skeletor and Gwildor <laughs> from the vintage line so See, I was kind of in the same boat with you. So I was in college, and I, I started going on the Internet looking for Masters of the Universe stuff. And I found, again, they were cheap back then, yeah, because they weren't that much of a collector's market. I easily restored a lot of stuff. I, I found parts. Like, I restored my battle ram. I found the missiles and all that cheap and reproduced the stickers and all that for them. And, yeah, you find, like, really mint figures for, like, really mm-hmm. cheap. Yeah, they were going real cheap back then. Because He-Man was kind of dead at that point. Nobody was, there was nothing going on with He-Man. There was no, I mean, in the fandom now, I mean, we have a classics line. We have comic books coming out. And for a while now, since, I guess, since 2000X era, we've always had something in between 2000X and now we had like Stactions, we had DVD releases from BCI. So He-Man has been active for a while, but like after New Adventures ended for a few years there, until the commemorative figures came out, there was nothing at all. Nothing. And He-Man was dead. Mattel had kind of just wasn't doing anything with it and it was just the fans online on like the mailing list and and news groups and stuff, Adam Tyner's site, and just spreading information between each other and trading tapes and trading figures and uh discussing different things about the, the, the vintage line and the cartoons and stuff. But there was nothing else available 
for sale. So in the vintage figures, there wasn't much demand for them. Uh, I, th- I don't think nostalgia had fully kicked in yet at that point uh, with our second market retailers, you know. So we were we were buying figures cheap back then. Well, remember the era that was that? It was around that same time that everything died. All our 80s toys died. Yeah. We like to think that G.I. Joe was around and all that. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. And then, same thing, Hasbro released vintage sets at Toys R Us. Yeah. And they caught on, and Transformers were doing the Beastmasters and all that, but then they started releasing uh, remolds of their old sets, too. Mm-hmm. And they caught on, and I think that's where the toy market was, because before that, there really wasn't any. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the only thing I was collecting at that point, I think, was the Batman the Animated Series uh, line that was coming out. But that was like a new thing. Um, this was a mu- much of the retro stuff wasn't wasn't out there or was in a weird limited form. Remember, it was like GI Joes, like neon GI Joes. Was that oh, li- yeah. later? Those. Later, yeah, those were weird. Yeah, the <laughs> early nineties Joes, eco. Eco something. Yeah. I know Cobra was doing something with Toxic Sludge. I think it was like Captain Planet, Fever, God Hasbro, and the horrible Street Fighter figures. Yeah. Uh, that oh, era was really worse. dark for toy collecting. Oh, they went worse. They went to like Sergeant something, which was like oh, five point articulate figures and then G.I. Joe Extreme and uh, nobody liked them. They were all craving the, the vintage. Well, that was yeah. when we were all in high school and college. And then we went, finally, when we were making money, that's when everything started coming back. Because mm-hmm. we were able to buy it and demand it. Pretty much, yeah. I gotta agree. I think that's when I, when I finally started having some money in my pocket, that's when I went looking for yeah, it, stuff. It, it seems that He-Man came com- made the comeback when the He-Man kids were getting mid, at, mid-college, out of college, so... So that was a nice way to have a comeback, but classics, it kicks butt wall previous incarnations without being disrespectful to the original lines, which what, which were the ones that got us hooked into this in the first place. And it's, and the thing about the classics line that I love is it's just, it combines all the different eras and all the different factions and unifies them into one cohesive toy line. It's a perfect line for collectors. Granted, there are problems with the figures here and there. We have quality control issues every so often. But man, I never thought we'd see uh, if you told me in the mid-90s that one day I'd have like a figure of Shadow Weaver and uh, I'd have uh, you know, Strongarm and uh, you know, Count Marzo and all these different characters all in one line. I would tell you, no way, that's crazy. You know, I wouldn't, I would never have expected this line to exist. So, fantastic toy line. I don't know what they could, what, like, we talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, like, what could come after classics? There's no, I don't even know where, I would love to see, like, a new cartoon that would come out, like, a, based on the, on the vintage designs, but a totally new incarnation of the cartoon, um, with respect to the old, that with nods to the old and lore from the old, but telling new stories and continuing the stories of He-Man and She-Ra and working all of those, like Classics does, combining everything under one umbrella called Masters of the Universe, but it includes everything, She-Ra, New Adventures, whatever else, Powers of Grayskull, and then tell a, a massive epic story with all those characters. We brought this up before, too. Mm-hmm. We said eventually you have to retell the stories. Mm-hmm. You got to get a new generation because we're all getting older, you know. And you got to get a new generation of kids hooked in on this. And you do have to come up with a new media. Hopefully, the movie will come out and that'll get things going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
you know, wait for my movie. My movie will come out before theirs, I guess. But <laughs> and and we said it before. It's just unless you name a director and a star, you don't have a movie. Mm. But you know, they gotta retell. They gotta come out with a cartoon. You gotta eventually go back to the toy aisles. And as great as these figures are, you can't go back. I think. You gotta scale back, and I probably see vintage, updated vintage figures going back to retail. But you do have to get the kids. Yeah, yep, that's the thing. It's a matter of getting the kids, and that's that's what I think this movie will will determine. You know, whether it'll bring in the kids. I have a bad feeling it's not going to be something that we're going to be as excited about as the kids are, um, because I think they're gonna they're gonna mess with the mythology. Quite a bit, and the designs too. And if the comic, the DC comic, is any indication, I think they're testing the waters with that sort of thing. Oh, let's try this. Let's try this design. Let's let's try this storyline. Um, and I'm a little wary of that. But if it spawns other things that we will like, then you know, if there's a spin-off comic that's more vintage uh, in nature, then I'll stomach a, a movie that's not really directed at me if I can get other tertiary stuff that comes out of it. Well, pretty much Star Wars did that. I mean, mm-hmm. I I work with a lot of kids and all this. When I talk about, like, Star Wars or something, they really don't know the the uh, 80s ones, but they know episodes 1, 2, and 3. And as much as we complain about them, I know kids who are just obsessed with those, and they're obsessed with the Clone Wars. Wait, they don't. so they're not familiar with the original trilogy, but they like They're the aware of it? They're aware of it, but they don't like it as much as the prequel. Oh, oh, blasphemy. Yeah, it's blasphemy for us, but that's how they are. And these are the kids who are going to grow up, and they're going to go to the conventions, and they're going to dress up. You've seen them dress up like Queen Amandala. You've seen them dress up like Anakin and clone troopers. You know, you go to Star Wars conventions. You know, you see the younger kids dressing up like... In 20 years, we're going to have an army of Jar Jars running the conventions. Oh, God. Oh, no. (laughs) No. I I can take the Anakins, the Amidalas, the Clone Troopers, Jango Feds, even the Grievous, but Jar Jar, that's where I draw the line. (laughs) Darth Maul is cool. Everybody likes Darth Maul. Yeah, I was going to say, I go to the conventions... The younger kids are dressing up like Darth Maul. So the younger kids are, you know, the girls, the teenage girls are dressing up like Queen Amandala mm-hmm. more. And the older ones are still dressing up vintage. But hey, you I'm know what? When, when the three sequels come out from Disney now with the old cast as as older versions of the, those characters, maybe they'll embrace that too. And then they'll have to go back and watch. So who are these characters? I want to go back and watch the originals now. Because uh, yeah, you know, story. Yeah, we know, you know we're going to see Harrison Ford, I'm sure, and and uh, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and all those those actors back. Um, I, I mean, hey, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Well, they're all they're all set. You know, they they announced they're all set to appear on it. But you know, there's going to be a younger generation in the movies. Probably, yeah. Like their kids and all that. So yeah, it looks going to be the Obi Wan to yeah. the new Jedi kid, and I don't actually, I don't mind that. Yeah, that's handing the torch. Yeah, and yeah. it has to. Well, I, I'm sure you probably know I have issues with <laughs> with that for He-Man. I don't like the idea of He-Man. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the dare thing, like, uh, unless it's an Elseworlds or a, or a what-if kind of story. Like, what if He-Man yeah. got old and had kids? Like, I could, I could see it in that 
regard, but I don't really want to see He-Man pushed to the background and his son take over, because then it's like, I don't know, it's like taking your... He, the, the, the ultimate He-Man story has yet to be told. Filmation is the foundation that, that needs to be used. It's a, that's, I think, is probably the best iteration for all the corniness and stuff. You have a lot of elements there that are good. You have the family component where this group of people that are all are close, but then you have the epic aspect of it as well. And I love the vintage mini comics and comics too, so you work elements of that into it too. Um, but I still don't think we're ready for Son of He-Man yet because I don't think we fully explored He-Man yet. No, we haven't. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and we I'm with a you. Lot I'm with you. On with the Shira, what happened on Etheria? Yeah, that's barely been touched on either. I mean, we really need to have have that all worked in together with a, with a really epic story. I think it still has to happen. You know, I'd love to see the Shira story explored further. That's the one thing I think about the new DC comics that I've enjoyed is that the Dispara stuff I thought was kind of cool because it's like we always knew there was. Adora must have done really bad stuff when she was in the horde, yeah. right? So they so. make it much darker, which I love, mm-hmm. and I like that they did leave it off with six, where she's going out to see exactly what has happened. Yeah, you know, they've kept some of the elements of Secret of the Sword and Sword of Shira, but made it more adult. What should have been told, mm-hmm. and I think that's probably the only thing I like about those DC. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of uh, of the comics. It, they're getting better. They're starting to get better. But man, I just read the crossover one, the DC Universe versus Masters of the Universe with the evil Orko and all that. I was like, you got to be kidding me! Really? What, really? Have we jumped the shark that badly that we have to make Orko the ultimate evil character? <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, they set that up in the uh, first miniseries. Oh, I know, but it's preposterous. It's just yeah. such a ridiculous thing to do to that character. Uh, I just, I, I don't, not a fan of that. <laughs> the, my argument has always been, you know, because some people are all for the hero, son of He-Man, and I disagree with it because, you know, that kind of diminishes He-Man. Mm-hmm. He-Man is supposed to be the chosen one. He's supposed to be the hero who settles everything, who finally saves and the story has to end. Mm. At some point, you know, the story, I, I don't see He-Man as Star Wars and Star Wars Legacy continuing, continuing. I see it more of Lord of the Rings, mm. where there's the epic journey. It's all leading to something. He picks up companions. He keeps going, going. And eventually, it has to end. There has to be some moment, something where the hero wins and, I don't know how it ends, but it's over. Right. Why does, I mean, if He-Man and She-Ra were, were if the prophecies spoke of the, the these twins of power coming to finally get the power of Grayskull to right the wrongs of of Eternia uh, and Etheria or whatever, you know, why does, so why does his son need the power then? If they were the ones in the prophecy that were to come, then this prophecy doesn't speak of their of their son. You know, it just doesn't seem like there there's, it doesn't make sense. Like, I don't, I'm not even opposed to the idea of He-Man having a, a kid eventually. Like, but why does he have to inherit the power of Grayskull? Why would he need to anymore? Cause He-Man and Shira are supposed to, to resolve whatever the issue was, why the power was, they needed to channel it. In my opinion, too, so. I don't know. Yeah, cause that's why you also went into the future for the new adventures. To save that era, era too. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like you, I am not for the son of He-Man and the Dare, that's something I think they should just leave alone. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. The thing is that it's too soon. Because I don't mind He-Man vanquishing Skeletor 
vanquishing the horde with his sister, and then someone down the lineage of Adam or Adora claims the power to right the new evil that has risen. I don't mind that, but it's like Thela gave birth and that kid is the new chosen one. It's like, no, the chosen ones were Adam and Adora. If they weren't the chosen ones, why the whole, oh, the twins of power, twins of power, this, twins of power is that, and now it's Daran, Skeletine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That story hasn't been told sufficiently yet. I agree. It's like that we, that needs to be told first. Maybe like if they had an ongoing comic series that went for like, you know, 10 years or something, maybe eventually we could start touching on that stuff uh, if people, if it seemed to be going in that direction. But I, I'm very hesitant to embrace that era. Unless Spectre had to fix the timeline and it was a mistake that it wasn't the twins, it was the son of one of the twins, the one who was supposed to bring balance to the Force and all that. Oh, we're seeing his Spectre love again. But you still diminish the twins of power. You still take something away. Shouldn't. No. Certain things you can get, because I get how some people, they talk about Batman Beyond and how awesome it is and all that. Yeah, it's awesome, but it's not canon. You know, it's, Batman is still Bruce. That's right. It isn't canon. It's, it's, it's not, it's not really, and not only that, but the story of Batman had been pretty well established and told over and over again over, you know, decades. Um, and the Batman the Animated Series was a, Emmy award-winning series that went for several years and really established the mythology of Batman. So, okay, maybe we can explore this as a possible future for Batman. Um, but it's not like, I don't know, it's not like this is the official, officially what happens next to Batman. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm just not, a, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, I know they tried with Batman beyond tying it, all the different parts of Batman together. Mm. I mean, they yeah. did that pretty well. Justice League too, yeah. They pulled they pulled everything into because it was the DC animated universe, right? Bruce Timm's universe. So. so, what figure do you guys want most revealed at Toy Fair? Oh, for me, I still want my Perfuma. Perfuma, that would be awesome. And I want her filmation style, not the vintage toy, because I hated that flower backpack on her. <laughs> They could make it a bazooka now. <laughs> yeah, but you know what they're going to do. You know, the now that we've seen the Princess of Power figures and all that, we know what they're going to do. They're going to go towards the style guide, which is what Puma in the filmation was. And that's a relatively easy figure to make. Mm, yeah. Fact, I'm surprised they probably don't have it in the vault already. But That and Queen Angela. Oh, she'd be great, too. Yeah, she's a pretty highly demanded figure. And they're not hard to sculpt. I mean, they're they're practically already made. Yeah, most of the Princess of Power, the big thing will be the, like, wings and all like that that they have to add to the backs. Oh, they just borrow that from DC Universe. No, they can't do <laughs> that, that anymore. And I actually hope they take uh, the female hawk girl that they did for, uh, that the Four Horsemen sculpted a number of years back. Her wings would be perfect for Queen Angela. Well, that's my point. I was trying to say, yeah, they can't borrow parts, but technically, you know, how many ways can you sculpt wings? I've seen some really lousy wings lately. Well, again, the uh, hot girl wings are perfect. Those would be, those are excellent for Queen Angela. Okay, so obviously we know Madame Rass is going to be revealed, so that would be my 
non-glimmer biggest most want. So I'm gonna go and say Mermista and hoping she's a large scale item cause to do the whole mermaid thing justice. I don't want that rubber sleeve to put on her legs. <laughs> I actually hope they do the same treatment they did for King Hiss for Mermista. Yeah. yeah, that's what that's what I want then. If the mermaid tail can have a bit of articulation, it would be cool. But I'll trust on the horsemen. They're going to wow me with whatever they toss with Masters of the Universe Classic. Unless they add moped eyebrows or big honking dials in their backs. <laughs> that, that's where I draw the line. How about you, Renee? Right now, I'm I'm very impressed with what I've seen. I mean, I've been wanting Extendar for a long time, and then we saw him. I wasn't disappointed. And, of course... You know, you're always, I'm always now hoping for Rio Blast and he looks like Chuck Norris. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm That'd hoping, be awesome. I'm hoping, you know, cause, uh, last time on our show we talked about, you know, who looks like who. You know, RJ pointed out that Clamp Champ looks like Muhammad Ali. And huh. now I'm arguing, you know, yeah. that Decker looks like Danny Glover. Oh. So I want Rio Blast to look like Chuck Norris. <laughs> he should. He totally should. That would be awesome. <laughs> How about you, Yoni? Are you still there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still. I'm alive. I want Ninjor. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> he's gonna of be course, cool. Rio Plastic would be good too. And I'm still hoping that the last big item is Strido. Oh yeah, I could see that happening because we still have a couple of quarterly slots and um, and, and a holiday. Yeah. So, I think know. they have one quarterly that they haven't revealed and the holiday besides the last three months of uh, 2014. There you go. So you could definitely wind up getting a, a Stridor. That would be awesome. Oh, we're yeah. begging for one. I mean, that sculpt is easily reusable, of course. You get Stridor and Night Stalker. Mm-hmm. You get two figures from one mold. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think I I really want Mermista too. I'm uh, I'm really she's my number one Prince of Power figure that I want too. So I'm gonna echo Crossbow's Mermista request there. I think she's gonna look awesome. Can you imagine? I mean, the detail on the tail is gonna be fantastic with the scales and everything. I'm sure Eric is gonna knock that out of the park for sure. Uh, Mermista will be awesome. Um, I also really want Rotar. I always plug Rotar because he's probably the least wanted vintage characters. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, they might be San Diego exclusives this year. That that's a rumor that's going around. We we shall see. I don't know. And I still remember the fan fiction you wrote for that. Oh, one. the the Rotar one. You actually yeah. read that, and yes. I didn't have you to read it. Wow. <laughs> Nobody reads my stuff, but I read everybody else's stuff. Ah, uh, I think Renee. Thanks for reading it. Well, send yeah. me a link to stuff. I want to read yours too. I do find that character so fascinating because I never saw him. He's one guy that I never saw in the toy aisles ever. Mm-hmm. I, I for some reason I got my hands on the uh, mini uh, his comic book, and I always found him fascinating. How cool he could be, but. I always found him interesting too, because the guy had his, had his legs, you know, amputated. And technically, he was a disabled veteran. I mean, he was a, a royal guard who, who was dam- injured in battle, and to save his life, man at arms turned him into this cyborg thing, which is kinda screwed up in a way, but it was 
probably the only way to save his life. So I figured there's a lot of potential there for character. You could have, uh, that's why I wrote that story. Cause I was like, wow, this character must be really conflicted about what happened to him. Like he, he's, he's been, you know, he's been a soldier all his life. He got his legs amputated and now he's, he's a, a basically a living top. He's been <laughs> turned into a cyborg, which on the surface seems ridiculous, but you could really explore a character like that. And I think the figure would look cool. Like I think people dismiss it based on the vintage, uh, energy zoid look for those two characters, but they were vic- you know, like Eric, Eric Treadway likes to say, vic- victims to the action feature. Um, and I, I, I think that he'll be, uh, I think both of those characters will be really cool when they finally make them. And I think a lot of the people that aren't fans of them will be converted once they see the figures. Which really speaks about how insane Men at Arms really has to be at times. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Look at what he did to his brother with the oversized uh, fist. Fist, right? Uh, yeah. For mechanic, I mean, <laughs> if I if I was a palace guard in Eternia and I get wounded, no, please let me die. <laughs> please, I don't keep don't. keep Duncan away from me. Don't turn me into a cyborg, please. <laughs> I don't want to be a toaster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, really, you can't give me legs or anything. Nope. But robotics no, are right there, and you are nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Can't do it. Uh, I'm short on legs today. Uh, <laughs> Can you I have give me a pair of wheels? Nope. <laughs> well, maybe if you could do it right then, could you do it later? Maybe you know, eventually. Nope. <laughs> nope. Sorry, don't have time. Busy. <laughs> Keep pestering me out there, new the magic eight ball. <laughs> I have this new theory now. I don't think he died in battle. I think they actually killed him, quote unquote, accidentally. <laughs> Friendly fire. <laughs> oh, so that's why Clam Champ killed Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the heroic warriors are like, just, just kill him. He'll eventually turn us all into cyborg weird creatures. It figures the one year I, I can't go. I don't think I'm going to be able to go this year. So I'm going to not. Oh, they always put them up for sale on Maddie though a few weeks later. So that's not shouldn't be hard to get them. Watch it like the one year they say this is only going to be at San Diego and we're not putting oh, it up. <laughs> no, there's riots there. There. Oh, <laughs> uh, you have enough people who'd pick them up for you though, Danielle. Yeah, well, I might I might have to uh, ask uh, somebody to grab it for me, like uh, Val or somebody. But hopefully they'll. Uh, uh, they'll release them. San Diego exclusive. Yeah, that that would be cool. Another rumor I've heard, or theories, rather than rumors, I guess I should say theories I've heard, is um, a variant two-pack of uh, uh, Flying Fist He-Man versus Terra Claws Skeletor. Uh, that was another one that was floating around for a little while. But I, I don't know if that's what they're going to do. Well, I have no doubt those guys will get made. Yeah. And, only re- I see it kind of as a statue, right? Because they're going to have yeah. to do something He-Man statue this year, right? Yeah, I mean, whatever they, they come up they, with. They have to pay them again. Well, they need they need to top King He-Man, so... <laughs> I don't know what they can do. They haven't oh. made a New Adventures He-Man statue. Yeah, that's, but New Adventures He-Man is... That's already out. It would be basically He-Man wearing skinny jeans, and then people are going to be like, Who's that again? Look, no, He-Man doesn't wear skinny jeans, and, and that ponytail, that's ridiculous. That's not He-Man, but... Well, we and then they would have to get the explanation of the adventures, and and then they're gonna have flashbacks to that that series that people hated, and <laughs> but I don't. And they're gonna miss out on the awesome toys that the four horsemen had turned me into a new adventures convert. So 
thanks for that. But if they're going to do a Human versus Skeletor 2-pack, I'm actually hoping for the laser variants. Oh, that'd be cool. We're getting them, we're getting them in the cover of the Unnamed Ones mini-comic, The Final Battle, so what better way to have the Ultimate 2-pack, Human and Skeletor, in The Final Battle? Well, for me, I've said it before, I want those to be the last figures. That was yeah. the last two-pack. Yeah, they say, here's the end of the line, we're not going to go anymore. We're really, These are the last two figures we're making, which would be fitting. That would be great. And those came out in 1988, by the way, because I keep hearing people online say the line ended in 1987. It did in the United States, but it, it lasted till 88 and uh, overseas. And it, I think in Italy, those figures uh, came out in 1988. So technically, the vintage line lasted till first quarter, 88. And it was always fascinating because they had Dolph Lundgren's head. Yeah. <laughs> you could tell they were ready to make the uh, movie He-Man. He definitely had that, that look about him with the hair. There are two versions of that, too. It's weird, because there's one with the vintage head, and then there's one with the Dolph head. And the one I used to have, I, I picked those up in the 90s, too, really cheap, like 75 bucks each uh, from an overseas uh, dealer. Um, it was, uh, I had the Dolph Lundgren head, but then later on, online, I saw that there were some with vintage He-Man heads, which was pretty weird. Well, did they come from different countries? I'm not sure. It's possible. Maybe one is from Spain and one is from Italy. I don't know. I think the ones from Spain had the He-Man head. Okay. And the ones from Italy had the Dolph head, but don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% sure, but... I know there were some that from a specific country that had a vintage head, but in <laughs> any case, right. that would be the, the perfect final San Diego exclusive for classics. Have Heeman come with two heads. The, have Heeman with Dolph head be the San Diego exclusive, and the one on Maddie comes with a normal Heeman head, but with the Dolph Heeman head hidden in the, bo- in the box, so you can swap in if you like us. I really want that Dolph head. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love it if they got the rights to the 87 movie, because I really want a card figure, um, and actually Hunter Knight is making a card card figure for me. Because I figured, oh well, it sounds like they 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 don't have any uh, plans in the near future to get the rights, but I hope they do because I would love stuff like Karg or like Langella Skeletor uh, in that black outfit. Um, just so there's so many. I mean, I know the movie's not like the most popular thing in the world, but you could get a few cool characters out of it. I think. I mean, even the sorceress was pretty cool. Getting movie rights is really tough after the fact mm-hmm. because a lot of people don't understand. They just think, oh, you make a deal with uh, Warner Brothers. And it's not just that. you got to negotiate with uh, Time Warner. And, you know, negotiating lawyers and all that takes time and money. And then not only do you have to get those movie rights, but you got to hit up uh, Frank Langella. you got to hit up Meg Foster. you got to hit up Dolph Lundgren and all those other mm-hmm. actors for their rights to do that movie. And that's why the Ghostbusters took a long time to get out mm-hmm. because Bill Murray was such a uh, holding Bill back. Murray. Yeah, Bill Murray was Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah. And it took a while to get those done. And that's why when the Simpsons uh, were doing their Playmate toys and all that, you didn't see the celebrities right away. But for something like Karg, like he's a that's a makeup job. So you wouldn't really need to get Robert Towers permission because you don't see his face really under all that latex so maybe they could work out a deal for like some of those characters well, actually yeah, that's probably still part of the movie which you gotta still negotiate and sure yeah big hassle with. Yeah. and look how long it took us to get filmation right yeah well that's because filmation just bounced the owners like crazy for a while mm-hmm. 
the Revlon company owned them, didn't they? Uh, L'Oreal. Oh, yeah, L'Oreal. Hallmark did. L'Oreal was the first owner and then went to Hallmark and then kept going. Yeah. Well, I think that was uh, part of the, you know, they worked out that deal for Voltron, um, and I guess they, they worked something out for, for He-Man and She-Ra. It was lucky. Yeah, it, all it was all part of uh, Classic Media, which is now uh, DreamWorks Classic Media. Mm-hmm. I always did find it curious that those movie characters were listed as choices on the Grayskull box art vote, though. That I always found a bit odd, and I think I figured it out. See, I think in the 80s, I mean, this is my theory anyway. In the 80s, Mattel... Has seemingly had the rights to use those characters in art, in comic books and stuff, because Karg appears both in the Star Comics and in the Masters of the Universe magazine, which was uh, owned by Mattel. Uh, they they had the rights to the to the magazine stuff, so they used that character in those comics. Uh, and characters like Lubick and stuff were going to appear in the Star Comics, the later Star Comics that never were released. So I'm guessing that they had the rights to use those characters in media back then, but perhaps not to make figures of. And maybe that's why they still could have used, maybe that still stands, and maybe they could have done some of the movie characters on the box art, but still don't have the rights to make figures other than the three that they did in the 80s. I don't know. That's my theory, anyway. No, and it sounds logical because it's possible. It's unfortunate because you know, if they did make a card figure back in the day, then we could have gotten one right now. Yeah. Yep. Same reason why Orko was available. Yep. There was a deal worked out with Filmation to allow them to make the carded figure back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And they explained too. Technically, they could make a Skeletor figure in the costume. From uh, the movie, or you could make a Skeletor figure with black robes and mm-hmm. armored gauntlets, and I know Chris was going to hate this, but using trap draws boots. And- <laughs> 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 hey, that's the most reused part in Masters yeah. of the Universe. After the He-Man boots. Hey, be grateful they're not, they easily could have put them on uh, too bad, but... Uh, <laughs> But, I mean, technically they could do those things, but it raises too much questions, you're kind of dancing around it, mm-hmm. and, you know, they could, but they're, you know, they're just not going to. They they just completely stay away from that. Just like how um, they said before with the Batman figures is that technically you could, they could have made a Batman looking like the 66 comic, because, you know, that's how Batman was drawn back in the 60s comic books. But they would have been dancing around some issues, and a lawsuit could have happened, a lawsuit could not have happened, and mm-hmm. they're just not dealing. Not luckily, now it's been seems seems to have been ironed out because we're seeing all this great merchandise from the '60s Batman show now, oh, right? And yeah. it's coming on DVD. It's coming yeah. on DVD. That's Finally, awesome. the owners decided to play right. It was the owners, the current uh, owners of the series. Mm-hmm. Who held them back? It's the fans that suffer when when that kind of stuff happens, you know. I mean, so now we're getting all that cool stuff from the '60s show. That's great. God, we got we are getting. Uh, of course, we got those figures, but also there's an Adam West and Burt Ward figures coming out, mm-hmm. and yep. Yvonne Craig signed on for likeness. So you are going to see a Batgirl and a Barbara Gordon figure. Nice. 
cool. Do you think that they'll be, now that they've got these rights ironed out, that they'll be able to use some of the original characters from that series in the mainstream DC Batman comic, like Egghead and, and characters like that? I think that'd be really cool if they did new versions of them. I think it would be cool, and I bet we'll also see them in the uh, Batman 66 comic. Well, some yes. of them already exist. I mean, King Tut. Yeah, they did King Tut, but he's not really King <laughs> They made him like the skinny guy. He's like not King Tut from the... You know what I mean? <laughs> it would be nice. Who was Liberace? He was a villain. I was trying to remember. Sh- Shandell. Shandell. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put Liberace back. <laughs> yes. Bring back to life. Revive Liberace, yes. <laughs> and I think that's cool. So well, if we get hopefully. some... Man, that would be awesome. Hopefully, because I'm still waiting for the Liberace action figure. And <laughs> <laughs> the piano accessory. Oh, <laughs> Hey, they put Cesar Romero with the mustache, so they can give Liberace figure with the wink. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And oh, no, oh, That might be the next wave that we'll be seeing shown at a toy fair. I hope they do. I would love to see, like, Egghead. I love Vincent Price. I'm a huge Vincent Price fan, so I would love it if they made an Egghead figure. And I love King Tut, too. Victor Bueno was so awesome as King Tut. It would be cool to get him, too. Mad Hatter, he'd be good. Mr. Freeze. Oh, Mr. Freeze, yes. Yeah. Oh, they were all cool. I mean, the villains they had, and again, I still want to see the Eartha Kit oh, Catwoman yeah, yeah. and uh, the Lee Merriweather Catwoman. Mm-hmm. So I'm still, oh, I, I'm just excited. I hope to see Batgirl with the Bat Cycle. And if we're going to need Bat variants, we need the quintessential Batman variant from the movie, and it's the Bat Shark Repellent Batman with the shark hanging on his leg. Yes. <laughs> Nice. And we've already got the sheriff for Batman and Bat Juicy. <laughs> they could go to town with that. Do you guys know uh, how the sales have been on those figures? Have they been doing well? Or? I haven't been able to find them around here. Because mm-hmm. as soon as they put them on the shelves, they're gone at Toys R Us. I've only seen them at yeah, convention. Was, yeah, I would say Walmart, uh, the Riddler, and uh, the Penguin are, are uh, shelf warmers. Huh. I have, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, Batman just disappears. So yeah, my Walmart, all of the Batman 66 sells out right away. I only see the little, the little tag that says that this is the place where the Batman figures go. Thank you. I'm and it's empty. <laughs> yeah, I think two- next time I go to, I go to Walmart and, and Toys R Us and they're empty, I'm gonna leave a note. Please stock more Batman figures. <laughs> and the two pack, I saw it once and I passed on them because Bird Ward had like a scratch or something on his hair. And I haven't seen that two pack since. I've not seen it in person. And yeah, the only thing I've been able to find was the Batmobile, and I passed on it because I didn't have enough funds at that time, and that was the only time I saw it. Yeah, and my dream is to get that set and get them autographed, because those are one of the two guys I have yet to meet, and I've always wanted to meet Adam West and Bird Wars. Oh, Adam West is so cool. I've got to meet him a few times. I mean, he'll probably be at uh, San Diego this year. He normally is. Yeah, and that's what I'm looking forward to, hopefully meeting him. Because I know I'm going to get a Batman signed, and hopefully I'll have an action figure set for him to sign. And I know my daughter will get him, get a picture of Mayor West for him to sign. <laughs> but I know Burt Ward doesn't do too many of the uh, big conventions. The last time I saw him was maybe two years, two, maybe three years ago at 
New York Comic Con. He was uh he was at Rhode Island Comic Con in um back in November with with Adam West. Um and Julie Newmar was there too. I got to meet Julie Newmar, but I never got to meet Adam West and Burt Ward because every time I went by their table, they weren't they weren't there. I think they were like off at panels or doing pictures or whatever. So uh, I did meet Julie Newmar and she was fantastic. What a classy lady! Like just she totally has that poise and class uh, that you see in just these classic sort of Hollywood actors, and she really sort of captures that charisma. Uh, she's really a cool lady and beautiful. I mean, she must be, gosh, she must be in her, at least in her 70s, but she's she's still a beautiful lady, a uh, really nice lady, too. See, I met Yvonne Craig, and she was nice. Mm-hmm. She she talked to everybody. That's great. Yeah, everybody was in line. You know, she, she talked with everybody, and she held kids and all that. You know, people were just That's- crazy for her. <laughs> She's cool. Yeah, I remember with uh, Adam West, my cousin and I were walking around the Javits Sense to go to the front, and it was when I was wearing my Sweetie costume, and he pulled over and said, you want to ride in? And both my cousin and I wound up going in the VIP entrance. <laughs> wow, cool. That's awesome. So are you guys coming to PowerCon this year? Oh, yes, it's in my backyard. <laughs> I knew you would be happy because it's like right near uh, where you are. So I, mean, I know I'm going to be getting a hotel room because I'm already working on that costume. Nice. Are you? How about you guys, the rest of you guys? I got to hit up Kelly for staying at her place. <laughs> uh, I have a hard well, time going to the East Coast. I really where, are you, where do you live? I'm in uh, Texas. Oh wow! Okay. So it was it's a, it was relatively easy for me to go to PowerCon, but it's just the timing of it because uh, mm-hmm. whenever the PowerCon uh, starts, it's the first week of school for me. I'm a oh, teacher, right. so yeah, it, it was always difficult for me. But yeah, I hope I hope you guys make it out um, because this year it's it's actually the focus is He Man uh, and Shira, and it's in New York. So I'm really I'm really psyched about it. I know a lot of people are bummed out that Turtles and Thundercats aren't part of it this year, but it's the first year that we're traveling with it uh, to a different location, and we just got to kind of keep it, try to keep it focused uh, and see what happens and see how it goes because it's becoming sort of a traveling thing. Um, uh, and we'll see, we'll see how the first traveling show does, but we'll, I mean, it won't be as many guests as we've had. Like last year at PowerCon, we had 80, 80 guests, which is insane, like an insane number of guests to have at a convention of that size. Um, so since we're going to be in New York, most of the talent is in LA. We're going to be trimming down the guest list, but it's going to be like a lot of fun stuff, like a lot of fan based, uh, panels and really cool cool stuff that we have planned for it. So I really hope you guys can make it out because um, the thing I love about it is just, it's all the fans. It's like a family reunion. Like, it is. It really is. It really feels like that. Um, and I know it sounds might sound corny, but it really does feel like that. Um, it definitely was a family reunion. Yeah. I, I mean, I had a ball. I mean, even though I flew in the Friday, I had more fun just hanging out with the fans and all like that. Mm-hmm. And something you might want to consider, I know they're doing it with the two uh, pony cons that I'm covering, uh, see about Skype, having a Skype uh, panel. So if you are on the West Coast, if there's a certain guest that you want, or if Scott can't make it both ways, so have the Maddie panel, but mm-hmm. through Skype. You never know. Uh, that, that, that's been discussed as a possibility, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, Scott's not sure yet if he can make it. So, um, if he can, that would be awesome. And if he can't, then maybe we can do something like that. I think that would be a lot of fun. 
Um, I just, you know, I, I, you know, you see a lot of online, you see a lot of arguments and, and people fighting about stuff. And I, I just feel like if everybody gets together and hangs out, that, that vanishes, that evaporates. Cause I never see that happen at the con. I see people talking to each other and all different interests and different aspects that they're, they're interested in. And there's no, I don't feel any of that fighting. And I love that. I love that sort of feeling yeah. of everybody hanging out and having fun. I mean, I was, this past year was crazy. I didn't really get to hang out that much because I was so busy working the show. But at night, it was fun to hang out and see everybody and stuff. So I hope you guys can make it out. And it'll be easier for, for, uh, Yoni and Crespo, if you guys decide to come, because it's on the East Coast, because I know it's way further to fly out to the West Coast. I mean, it's far for me to fly out to the West Coast, so I can imagine, of the U.S., so I can imagine from flying from Finland or Puerto Rico, it's probably quite a, quite a ways. See, here's the idea I had for Spectre was, if we got Johnny Bilson to dress up as the Mighty Spectre at PowerCon and we got a dunk tank and had the Mighty Spectre sitting in the dunk tank yelling Scott quotes at the, at the crowd like, keep reading the bios. That's not logistically possible. You know, and then we would, could make some money with the dunk tank. What do you think? Oh, I think that would be a great hit. As <laughs> I think so too. Oh, if Digital I River had a mascot, and then we did that, we would have a contest. <laughs> we earned the more hits. <laughs> there okay. we go. I know where I can get the dunk tank, and it won't be that hard to bring it to PowerCon this year. <laughs> awesome, awesome, perfect. Let's make it happen. And I'm sure Johnny would play along with us. <laughs> I, I think he would. I was I was thinking you could ask we could ask Scott to do it since he also has the Spectre costume, but I don't know he he pro, I don't know if he's gonna if he's gonna be able to. So maybe maybe Johnny would do it. <laughs> yeah, I saw. If his- you want to see a mighty Spectre dunk tank right in to PowerCon. <laughs> we could we could get we could get Scott to to pre-record the quote so we have have it playing in a loop. <laughs> nice, awesome. <laughs> Oh god, we'd have too much fun. No one would be going to the panel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the reveals, what were the reveals again? <laughs> we are not allowed. Yes, the dunk tank. We are not allowed to comment on any figures beyond Scorpio. <laughs> you know, Stan Lee is waiting for you guys in the other panel. It's empty. They're all still. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> He's gonna be on the microphone. Excelsior! Excelsior! Not said! True believers, come back! <laughs> oh, you're going to San Diego, Renee? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I need the help covering it. I've been promising, <laughs> I've been promising myself to, uh, go back to it, and, uh, this time, um, you know, I'm covering it with, uh, Kelly. Mm-hmm. The last time I went, I was one of the guys who voted for uh, Grand Amir. Which was like what? What was it like? Two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Randomir. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was. Well, uh, I remember that. Ten, uh, ten or eleven, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I was there for that one, and uh, you know, I mean, it was great because I t- I talked to I didn't talk to uh, Scott, but I mm-hmm. talked to a couple of the guys around there. Yeah. And uh, you know, I talked to a couple of the four horsemen, and I had some friends. I had some toy friends there too who introduced me to somebody. And mm-hmm. you know, I picked up a lot just talking to them. I know that. And everybody was so friendly. Everybody was so open. I really don't have anything bad when I talk about, you know, when I talk about meeting these guys. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. 
I, I've never had a bad experience meeting any of them. I, I, well, especially the four horsemen are such nice guys. I mean, they're just really down to earth, really friendly. They love talking to the fans, and they are fans themselves of the toys and stuff. And and I know Scott gets a lot of flack online, but I, you know, in person, I've gotten along with Scott. When I met Scott, he's a he's not a bad guy. You know, he's just I just think people. Uh, I, I don't know if he's the best at type, responding on text on the computer, and sometimes that's people are in a hurry and stuff. They might say things the wrong way or whatever, but I, I, I don't know. He, like, I've never seen any fans fighting with him or arguing with him in person, um, and I've seen him talking to a lot of fans at San Diego and at PowerCon. Yeah, uh, I've seen it also at New York. No yeah. fighting at all. Well, let me <laughs> tell you, let me say this. Those negative people are fakes. <laughs> no, I, I've called them out. I, I have called them out. When we did the live show, I said, get online. I'll put you online right now. Uh, you know, I'll give you the address and all that. You can Skype. We'll put you online right now to talk about it. I sent out to about 30 people when uh, we were doing the uh, subscription pledge drive. Mm-hmm. None of them took me up on my offer. Mm-hmm. And I say to these people who, like, bash, you know, they, 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 they do personal attacks on Scott. They attack this toy line and all that. And when you really call them out on it, you call them to, hey, let's come on on the line. Well, let's talk about it. They don't do it. Mm-hmm. And they're fakes. They, you know, they're either not collectors or they're just trolls. I've never seen anybody go up to Scott's face at a convention and say the stuff that I see say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've seen people criticize things, but in a, a respectful way. But I've never seen anybody go up to him and go, you know, say it's, I'm not going to repeat but some of the stuff that I've seen online. All fairness, it's easier to... To express themselves behind the safety of a keyboard, and it's a lot harder to be put in the spot like live during a convention. But yeah, I it would be cool to see someone express themselves in a mature way, not going like straight up to Scott. You suck! No, no, no. <laughs> You're a liar. I mean, you should be like, fired. <laughs> I have no problem with criticism. If something is wrong, you have every right to express that and to express your dis- displeasure with it. Uh, we pay for the toys. There are things that are, go wrong, like snout spouts trunk breaking, the goddesses, uh, you know, uh, legs breaking off. Yes, for sure, absolutely, we should express our uh, concerns about that. But there's a difference between doing that and going online and saying, this guy should be fired, he's a, he's a I'm not going to swear, but, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We've defended Scott and all like that. Because people don't understand also everything that he has to go through, that he has bosses to report to, that he's not the final word on what happens to the line. Yeah. And people are right. People are right to complain. I mean, uh, Snout Spout, you know, Kelly, uh, I still, <laughs> best moment was when Kelly brought it up to him. Yep. You know. <laughs> At my very first toy fair. <laughs> Uh, I admire her for it because that's that's one point where you actually see Scott kind of like shocked. You know, he was thrown off guard because somebody actually had a real broken one. And it's important to point those things out. Absolutely. I am totally, I totally support that. If something is wrong, say it. Don't be afraid to say it. It's not what you say, though. It's how you say it. I mean, I've seen things that that get deleted uh, uh, on the org. Uh, you know, really nasty things that have been said about Scott, like uh, racist stuff and stuff about, because, you, you know, I, I'm not going to go into it, but I've seen some pretty nasty stuff said, and it's like, really, do we really have to say 
that kind of stuff, like, that's not, that's awful. You don't, you don't talk like that. If you have an issue with it, you just express it in a mature way and, and in a, in a way that will convey your meaning without, uh, when you lose credibility when you get, like, angry like that, you know? I think there's some credibility that's lost with, with, Calling, you know, going on there and saying this guy, you know, this guy's a liar. He needs to be fired. Blah blah blah. If you, you can't know. back it up, then you're mm. so. mm-hmm. I, I mean, if you back it up, back it up, but be uh, be mature about it. Be in, be intelligent about the criticism because that, that I I support. Uh, if something is is wrong, t- bring it up. I like the guys, uh, like uh, uh, slaves to evil Lynn. I had no issue with him bringing up the glimmer. Thing. He did get a bit heated, but he did, he did get his point across, the, the glimmer uh, crotch. And they did look into it because he did express uh, concern about it. They did actually follow up and they looked into, into the issue. Um, unfortunately, it sucks that they're not resolving the issue with, with, the, with the dumpy crotch, but... We have to find a few New Yorkers who fixed her. Mm, and yeah. have to fix everyone else. <laughs> Leave Come it to on. the New, New Yorkers. Serious glimmer slasher. Hey, we're gonna fix this for you. We're, we're in New York. We're not gonna take any of this crap with the glimmer dumpy crotch here. We're gonna fix it. We're gonna cut it up with the scissors right here. Yeah, they took pieces <laughs> of grace called this is compensation. Yeah, this is our payment for fixing your glimmer. <laughs> No, it was a kid that took the pieces from Greystall. Really? Yeah, on a preview night. How did they find out? There was a. They said it was a kid. Oh. I even talked to the uh, people who were working there because they even helped with some of the videoing. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Wow. New York, forget about it. <laughs> Too bad. All of a sudden, like if Crespo was there, like, hey, where'd the glimmer prototype go? <laughs> we're all looking at Crespo. He's a big smile on his face. <laughs> Two glimmer prototypes. Where are they? He's just walking away going. <laughs> hey, I would like to thank our guest, Danielle, for joining us. And remember to check out our friends at heman.org. And be sure to check out maddiecollector.com for all your He-Man and the Masters of the Universe needs. Good journey. Good journey. Ranting Crespo, giving you, wishing you a a good journey, and giving a shout-out to Chris Sunday for winning Crespo's No Prize at facebook.com slash club. So keep checking out the Facebook page, because I may be dropping in random questions for a no prize. In the words of Stanley, Excelsior! <laughs> I'm Renee. The nerds on the couch are going to be heading toward the Sun City Sci-Fi Con and the uh, Epic Con this March. Uh, check them out. And I'm Johnny. Still awake. Good journey. <laughs> <laughs>